Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for soul growth. Come journey with us through astrology's energetic cycles and get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello and welcome. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host and founder of Talk Cosmos, Insightful Conversations to Awaken Soul Growth. And today is February 18th, right near the change of the sun going into Pisces. And we have a special guest panel with two members or two people. And it's about an ancient um benchmark philosophy of tele- teleology. Pardon me, my tongue with English is not native, I think, and I'll wrap around it. And with evolutionary astrology, they have much in common. The tree of astrology and life has one trunk, yet the branches shift. And it's a developing life patterns in our psyche. I know a lot of this is very general, and yet it's very specific. There's ways how to use these tools. And the ancients' teleology opened the whole idea that everything participates in developing anything. And it's amazing as one researches how it can evolve. Here I am using that word evolution. Well, I am an evolutionary astrology just because it's one idea that I kind of go to, but I'm also eclectic. Okay, enough of the tongue twister words. Thank you very much for joining. And at this point, I want to introduce our people. If we could have the slides, thank you very much. I have Andrea Getz, teleological. Andrea, say that word for me so I can get it in my head. Teleology. Teleology, of course. Teleology. Thank you. I keep thinking, how's the L? But it's teleology. Thank you. Teleology. And uh, teleology. Dr. Laura Tad, who would have been with us last week, but she was off co-facilitating a retreat and here today, just back after many delays. The universe is doing many things with our entry into all these air signs. So thank you, Laura. I'm glad you're here. If we could have our Slides, please, David. Okay. If you want to get a hold of people, Andrea Getz is andreagetz.com. Dr. Laura Tad is mythicsky.com. And of course, I'm at Talk Cosmos. And oh, why are we at the end? That's cute. Can we go to the beginning, David? Nathan is in the Philippines. Everybody is traveling. Ah, there we are. Okay. Also, Andrea has her Mariah Press. But let's get into who Andrea is. She's a consultant, author. She teaches a master class and has a forum weekly. She's a conference lecturer and a professional astrologer for 24 years, exclusively now online. She's authored 15 books. My hat is off. I love this. And they include Greek to English translations. And she has a book, Astrological Re- 
remediation and it's a guide for the modern practitioner. And using that, I believe, often is a, a very thorough, intense, educationally fun Zoom that she does on Tuesdays. And then on Saturdays has a master class for learning how to read charts. And of course, you can get a hold of her at her email. And I know we have a podcast person, so I will say that is a Gertz, G-E-H-R-Z at Gmail. Laura Tad, Dr. Laura Tad at Mythic Sky, I'm sorry that didn't get older, is a spiritually oriented psychological astrologer. And she is a counselor, writer, teacher, and lecturer in person, remotely, internationally, and a retreat co-facilitator. And she too has a monthly astrological salon, which I think is local, and a podcast, which is, of course, everywhere, called Mythics Guy Storytime. And she teaches a six to eight week online personal mythology course and is connected with different boards. And she authors articles for our astrology magazines, Mountain Astrologers, Celestial Vibes, Tarot.com, and has a PhD in human science. Myself, I'm founded this weekly event since 2018 and KKNW broadcast over 750,000 people. And we've had at least 35,000 downloads. People like big numbers and they do exist, but still we just forge on week to week. And I've studied, as you can see, in different ways. I love all this philosophizing. These... Uh, screenshots are meant to give an overlay and then we will talk among ourselves so th- we're winging this on a impromptu Uranian focus and I'll just say and, and interrupt both Andrea and Laura however you if I say something because I want to pause and ask because anyway for the ancients theology sees that the entire natal chart reflects potentials. This actually came out of my, I listened to Andrea, but I also researched Wikipedia and there's lots of information. And it can express many different purposes. Everything contributes to the end product or final cause. And those are two words that do get used to try to comprehend what this vast concept involves. And it was derived, as you can see, from the ancient philosophers, Plato and Aristotle, from studying nature's design that creates or promotes this final end product. Of course, we'll learn much more. Now, evolutionary astrology, which is more of a modern term, Ray Merriman, which we'll go through, actually I coined it in the 70s, and then Jeffrey Wolf Green and then Stephen Forrest picked it up and expounded on it. Many more astrologers now use this, but it's the evolving soul and it's a process of growth development. Pluto is paramount because Pluto, for the very fact that it's the underworld and it's evolving our past spirit that ever lives into a new spirit of lifetime to lifetime. And the nodes 
are you very much a cent and I'm trying to say this in my own way that connects to a wide, broad audience of who knows where you're coming from. And I know that they come from both fields and then those that don't either. So there you go. But the fact is these meeting points, and there'll be slides about that, is essentially we could say at the moment that thumbprint that we're born of what existed in our past and where we're trying to integrate into our future. And we have free will. So, Andrea, I'll let you begin. Yes. I was just, I I think from what I got from that last slide and hopefully what people are starting to notice is that the reason to talk about evolutionary astrology as it meets and is different than teleology is they are both very soul-based development theories. Um, You know, Jeffrey Green, who I think was a big father of evolutionary astrology, correct me if I'm wrong. um, But, you know, he was just talking about the soul's karmic evolution from where are we developing into, and that's a big part of the North Node and the the Pluto factors. And um, teleology is very similar. It says that we're constantly evolving our soul into a a thing. It's a development theory. One difference is just that teleology looks at every planet as a develop a, a point of our development. Um, in fact, we'll get into how they looked at transits and how you're supposed to let transits take you over in order to develop more into yourself. But both of them are soul development theories. I And I think Laura has a thought here, and I appreciate that, um, that, that expression because truly by evolutionary astrology trying to denote that this is primary, essentially the whole chart speaks. Exactly. It's everything. This is where we totally have agreement. Laura, wouldn't you say that's true? Um, Yeah. And I think, I mean, my use of evolutionary astrology is I I cherry pick pieces of it and integrate it with my psychological astrology training. But also, you know, in terms of that idea of evolution, I think other ways of thinking about it or other languaging can even be sort of the lower or higher aspects of a given signature or a given planet as well. How that is expressed has healthier and not as healthy expressions. Mm. And that can be part of that evolution as well as how scattered my Mercury and Gemini is versus how able I am to hold multiple thoughts simultaneously and not be confusing or confused, right? Those are that same signature in different levels Without having, to, I think the trick though to me with some of that is to be the idea of hierarchical and trying to avoid evolution being linear and mm. only rising in one direction. Um, and maybe it's a tricky dance sometimes. Yeah, maybe this is misconceptions, and this is a beautiful time because I will just uh, elaborate that when you say higher, lower for ourselves and others it's like the shadow versus the light it's like we have perhaps areas that we've over uh that we've neglected and that we need to resolve in some way so that's where a total collaboration of all the transits and everything and how it connects to that chart is so useful i know by eclectic i use some ancient techniques, you know, perfection and all kinds of things that, so it's, 
Did you have any thoughts here that we've both talked? Andrea, or should well, we go ahead? Well, I would say, so when we think, I'll just actually tell you the formula that teleology says about soul growth. It, 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 it does look into um, higher and lower manifestations of a chart. I think that's where remedy theory comes in. They, they basically would... Um, characterize humans and plants a lot to try to understand the human we look at a plant so let's say a plant is mm. growing and it starts growing really weird and it's falling over like a tomato plant's falling over we might need to stake it up and help it grow upwards again so that astrologer is supposed to be helping people grow upwards and outwards yes. always um and Love so what it. they would say is is that with transits they would say you there's there's something called the grasping urge where um it just like a plant grasps towards the sun if you watch a plant literally curl up towards the sun they say humans are a plant and what we do is a, a transit will bring in a new heartfelt longing so this is every planet in your chart is important because every transit is important to develop our plant of life and the way it works is, let's say Jupiter hits your Venus or something. We get a new heartfelt longing to grow towards love, for example. And so then we start grasping at things that bring us love. Like maybe we see our the love of our life and we grasp at them. They say that grasping urge is what grows a human, just like a plant grows towards the sun. So it, it, in, in teleology, we're growing from the ground up like a plant grows from the ground up. And, and there are higher and lower expressions. It, but mostly it would be if the plant is not growing well, then we want to keep it growing well. And that that would be a higher expression is the plant is growing well. I think that corresponds beautifully, don't you, Laura? I think there isn't any argument. It's just maybe how it's it's um, it's said. Yeah. yeah Let's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, generally, I, I really do. I, I don't think evolution is right there with you. Um, Plato and Aristotle. I guess my question would be in evolutionary, Mm -hmm. what I hear, and I I could be uninformed, is that I I don't hear a lot about, I hear a lot about the soul growth from the North Node. Um, But what about the other planets? How does evolutionary understand the other 10 planets? They all relate. And I think the misnomer here is that there is a Oh boy, how can I say it? Uh, it, 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 it's, it's just one way to give, okay, I'll say this. When I first discovered evolutionary astrology was in Seattle, I used to live there, and I happened to be at East West Books, which is a part of Ananda there, and they have regular talks, which they're continuing to do now, again, after COVID. But the point was I heard Rose Marcus from Canada and Patricia Walsh, who are both evolutionary astrologers. And they're with Laura Nalbandian in Soulwise Astrology now in their evolutionary school. And they must have been coming right from Norwalk because Laura Tad, her family, and she does Norwalk Northwest. Laura Nalbandian does Norwalk. Nalbandian, right. Not to, it's Laura, not Laura, Laura. So at any rate, point being, I was astounded because I had been studying since my 20s and I loved astrology and I would use it for people all the time to find out because I was involved with music. I know I'm jumping around here. But the point was, is that what is their son and what's that telling me that something about experientially and what is, if I knew their moon, how is that adding to it and trying to understand it? But here, 
it's like I had maps literally all over my house. And I saw at that time cookbook astrology, which is what I knew, you know, from. And here suddenly was a vision. I mean, those maps, I literally had them of the ocean and the universe and the states and everywhere. And here was a, a, a pathway to why, why and how to understand our soul development. And I think that's really revealing that our consciousness that the teleology also can do, but, but in order to convey this vast idea to, to the public or to anybody else, it's just trying to state, hey, this is and yeah, well, but I think so in evolutionary astrology, and I have cherry picked from it from lectures I've gotten from Norwalk mostly and done a couple workshops um, with some people. But in terms of your question, Andrew, in terms of like other, for it, the way in which other planets or points in the chart are understood in that soul growth piece is so you don't just look to the node, you look to the ruler of uh, the node or the nodes. The ruler of the nodes, as well as how they're aspected, and Uranus as well as a big player. So you may not get as much emphasis in terms of soul evolution with every single planet, but it does end up pulling in more of the planets. It just ends up being more specific to that individual based on their nodal access and how those planets are aspected or how the nodes are aspected. So ultimately it ends up pulling in almost every planet yeah. because of how, depending, right? Some people have planets that are singletons and not aspected at all um, and not ruling a, a significant, not the ruling planet of a, a point. Um, but that's sort of how it ends up morphing or like the, the, tang the tethers out in evolutionary astrology are more in that drawing lines between stuff that isn't even aspects. Does that make, yeah, in terms yeah. of how that- And polarity. But Andrea, and, mm -hmm, go ahead. Oh, I just love how, well, evolutionary seems to have a reincarnationist point of view, um, where the South Node is you're kind of coming in from your past life on a with a certain skill set that you can look to the ruler of the South Node for more information about the past life and all that, which I like. What's interesting about um, one of the books I brought today was um, is about is written all about teleology, and it's about how the soul gets in the body. It's called ensoulment. I mean, that was a translation. This was actually, um, it took seven years to translate from Greek into English, so they didn't actually use the word ensoulment, but that's the word I chose for on how the soul gets in the body, you know. Um, but basically, they don't, it's not a reincarnationist perspective in ensoulment. They don't actually bring up past lives, but they do have this very intricate system on how the soul weaves itself into the body and how that. So I really love evolutionary for its soul perspective and the fact that it does bring up reincarnation does really hone in on the soul. Um, and I think teleology would be interesting for the evolutionary crowd because they are so mm -hmm. into soul. You know, it's just, I think they really marry each other really well. And I like that about. Yay. So I'm thank you too. You know, it's interesting when we use the reincarnation, words hold such baggage, right? And I think that's really what all of us are and are working to do. And I'm remembering that just on a consciousness level with the planets, 
We're moving into air, as we know, with the Grand Conjunction back in 2020, December, with Jupiter and Saturn shifting 200 years into air for that social reset button that they see that the two planets do every 20 years will be in air. And also we have Sedna, well, we have Jupiter that will be entering Gemini, and we also have, and that'll be in May, and then we have Sedna. I'm excited which is, for that transit. Yeah, and it too is a, 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 the way outer planet of our soul destiny as the dwarf planet will be entering air finally. It's been toggling. It takes a long time to toggle. It'll be in there for about 100 years, but it has a crazy here I am, a crazy orbit where it's 1,500 years in Scorpio and it's 50 years in Taurus. So it will be, anyway, it, it, yeah. a lot of air, a lot of connections. So words, we're trying to understand what these words mean. Sure. Yeah, well, and I think, to, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you, I'll go after you. I won't forget. I'll take it. Um, well, I was going to say, too, in terms of soul evolution and part of why maybe I, I cherry pick, part of why I cherry pick evolutionary astrology um is with the idea of soul growth or reincarnation also as a practitioner having to be mindful of who's the client in front of me and if for them reincarnation is not part of their worldview that still talking about the nodes and soul growth and the big work they're here to do this lifetime if they only believe in one lifetime that you can still be looking to the nodes um, and soul growth without having reincarnation part of it. that is part of my cosmology, part of my spiritual belief, but it's not that of all my clients. I live in the South. There's a lot of Baptists that I have as clients, not going to be their worldview and still being able to look at the South node as sort of gifts and patterns and habits and innate qualities that they've come into the world with that may or may not that maybe it's just they came into the world with that and they're learning the polarity of the north node um and so it's still soul growth and still soul evolution as a being without having to necessarily bring in the languaging of reincarnation because that doesn't speak to everybody and being cognizant of of who's sitting across from you right um and how we can still use some of this the bigger picture of growth and evolution um, without ostracizing people with language. Andrea? I was just, I was uh, piggybacking on what Sue was talking about, about the Jupiter going into Gemini. And I just want to say that, um, that, you know, I think words are blessings. You know, we travel when mm-hmm. things go through Sagittarius by traveling to an, an actual place, but we travel when things are in Gemini by learning new concepts and learning new words. And it's my hope that the community of astrology learns the word teleology and learns as much as it can about that word. Because just like when evolutionary came over and it splashed the world of astrology, a whole bunch of astrologers got what they needed, which was some kind of soul language about you know, the chart, I think teleology can bring another layer of soul language about how the soul gets in the body. How does the soul grow? We haven't even looked at the the final, the four causes yet. Um, we, we haven't talked about the visioning part of teleology. There's just all these parts to the theory that 
hopefully as Jupiter goes into Gemini, the astrology community can take on maybe a new idea about teleology. And it's like, I don't own teleology. I'm not saying, I think, you know, I'm not saying Andrea Garrett's mm -hmm. teleology astrology. No, teleo I, I found out about teleology at a history of science convention. I, you know, I'd been reading all these ancient Greek books and I, I kept, there's these, it's hard to understand the Vettius Fallon series and the other series because they kept using these words um when a thing manifests into itself blah 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 when a thing manifests into itself and so i was trying to understand why robert schmidt was kind of struggling with with translating these things because teleology was everywhere in these texts and we don't understand teleology in the modern day so when i was at this history of science convention i was blown away i was like oh my god teleology that's what that's what they're talking about teleology and and astrology was actually called apotelismatics which is telos is the root word there, which is the root of teleology too. And a, a telos is a thing growing into itself. So apotelosmatics is the study of all things, addicts, like, like you know, anything like, um, I don't know, um, geomatics would be all things connected to geography or, you know, I'm just, that ending is like all things connected to telos, a thing growing into itself. And then apo is full on. So it's like the astrologer's job is to study all things about this thing growing into itself and help it grow full on. So that's actually, it's like hyper development theory, mega manifestation theory. And so all these authors, Vettius Valens and Porphyry and all these ancient authors that Chris Brennan talks about, all of them perseverate on the Vettius Fallon series. I think we need to perseverate on teleology a little bit to really understand these ancient authors and understand Hellenistic astrology for what it really was. It was teleology. It was the study of things becoming themselves full on. Right. So I just hope that the astrology community takes to it, this. Because it's I, Yes, it can. And with both said, I think what we're doing is trying to find out a little bit of what stands together yet how the shadow maybe has separated into things because there is a criticism because everything has its criticism, right? That it, it's neglecting something or, or overlooking or whatever. And it can be the focus at the end result is because of this linear pattern where it's really a kaleidoscope of interaction that is, you know, a creation and destruction. I have some of these, I'm just going to go through some of these that, that work. I want to get rid of these slides here before our break happens. And so, oh, no, no, no. Um, David, put them back. <laughs> Thank you. You're very apt. You're doing what I asked. But I want to bring up the fact that one of the ideas of, because you entered a lot of great questions, Andrea, in Facebook, and I happened to notice. And one of them is, what's about this North Node? Like, that's so emphasized. Well, I will state that what, because I too have questioned that. And really the fact is, is that as a solar system that we're part of the Milky Way and the galaxies, we're moving northward. And we're we and our and we have this procession because of our um 23 degrees 0.44 to be exact uh tilt that that we change our North Star every 26,000 years. Well, there's there's a progression in it in 26,000 years. I won't get get lost in too many details because I'll get it mixed up here. And But the point is that we have Polaris right now. It used to be Thuban, and now it's going to go to Vega. But Vega, it, we're going northwards. So in a sense, this is what's been taught to me that makes sense, just like that 
that we're moving forward. That does not mean that we lose our roots. We just want to embrace that unknown with the North that is eight. Like if you look at the chart, the descendant is opposite. And we know that that's like foreign territory for us. And we can look at it in so many different ways that we use all of astrology to understand. But the point is, is that that emphasizes one reason looking at the physicality of where, where we're living, that it is this emphasis that the North has a an emphasis. Of course, okay, I will. And there's a, a chart for people to see this if you want to look at that. Go ahead. Oh, we're past our point where we would take a break, but I want to give room for a comment before we break away. I have a question for you guys. So does evolutionary astrology say anything about a person's life purpose or? Yes. Yeah, lifetime. What, it, what does it say? Well, let's go back to that. Beautiful question. Thank you, Andrea and Dr. Ted, Laura, Ted. We have a moment here where we'll just take a little break away and we'll be right back February 18th about these two real subjects that need to understand each other in our and both world that we're moving into. So thank you so much. Okay, we'll be back in just a few minutes. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Aquarius, ruled modernly by Uranus and Saturn in traditional astrology by the ancients. By leaving a cycle based on governing structures through both man-made and universal laws, Aquarius breaks established pattern, permitting the energy of freedom, just as its ruling planet Uranus spins on its side and orbits backwards. As a fixed air sign represented by the water bearer pouring the spirit of cosmic energy, Aquarius seeks to find like-minded, intuitively aligned souls to connect in social groups for the elevation and improvement of all. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to NewProSupplements.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, February 25th, it's an encore presentation. Join us for our last healing show with Dr. Nels Rasmussen and Linda Rasmussen. Together, they helped listeners and their animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical issues. And you can receive a surrogate healing just by listening and following along with Linda's instructions. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings insightful conversations to awaken consciousness for the soul growth with hour-long programs every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific on KKNW. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel and Facebook page. While you're there, make sure you click the like and subscribe buttons so you get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. And to find out about upcoming programs, sign up for the newsletter at TalkCosmos.com. So grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk radio for the heart and soul. Alternative Talk 1150. 
Okay, thank you. And we will continue with the second half with your questions, Andrea, and answering so that you we can identify more. Thank you for that first half, which we kind of gave an overview. But I really welcome, I know you wanted to have this conversation. I've been looking forward for a long time. With that said, David, bring back the slides. I, okay, because I want to ask both Andrea and Laura what they have immediately speak, coming up in just a few, briefly speaking. Andrea, let's start with you. I know you have your two weekly events and you can tell us about that again and what else? Okay, well, thank you for the opportunity. Um, the Moira Press is actually getting very busy. The Moira Press is our publishing company. Um, it's, I would say it's the publishing arm of our business. Um, and um, we are having a lecture series with a bunch of uh, guest lecturers, but we have tons of events going on. What I teach is um, a masterclass every Saturday from noon to one. And this is for anyone who's wanting a mentor. If you want to go from the ground up and learn how to read charts, maybe you read charts a little bit and you want to learn how to actually read charts for other people. Um, I am a, I'm a passionate mentor, you know, helping people from the ground up. It takes about two years of working together for you to get you really reading charts. Um, so Masterclass is designed for people who are new and evolving and some advanced people attend also. Uh, we have many regulars. You can drop into any class or come regularly. And that's, like I said, noon to one on Saturdays. Um, you can find that event at andreagarrets.com and any other of our events. We also have a forum every Tuesday for advanced astrologers. Uh, you can you can attend if you're new. That's that's for sure. It's just it, it's tailored for advanced astrologers. We are reading astrological remediation, a guide to the modern practitioner. Right now, we're on the chapter on houses, so we're learning how to employ houses in remedies. And um, it's a great group. And we invite you to the Moira Press for all the activities. Find me on Facebook. Find me through my website. And yeah. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Laura, Dr. Ted, what, I know you just came back from your retreat. And I know you have yes. your podcast. <laughs> and that. But do you um, and do consultations? Is there something that you still have? Mark yeah, so I have, I have two upcoming events that are actually, they'll be over Zoom, but they're out of a uh, the Northwest Creative and Expressive Arts Center in Seattle that a, I, a good friend of mine from graduate school uh, founded. And so on the 2nd of March from nine to noon Pacific time, um, but again, it's over Zoom. So people anywhere could sign up. I'll be giving a three hour workshop on psychological astrology. Um, and so this could be good information for people who are counselors or therapists, or it'll be fairly um, basic astrological information because it'll be more understanding why it's a useful tool in a therapeutic setting um, and giving some examples of how I've used it and how it can help inform how we work and counsel people. Um, and then on the 16th of March, I'll be doing another uh, part half-day workshop for them um, on personal myth. And um, so both those courses um there are a hundred dollars each and you can get three ceus for people that are therapists or social workers that are needing to have continuing education uh credit so if you go to my website mythic sky um I'll, there's links there that redirect you to the northwest uh creative and expressive arts center where you can register beautiful you are both really adding to the whole dynamics and matrix of astrology in so many capacities. This is beautiful. 
And this will be closing my slides. And just to say thank you for joining. And if you want the newsletter, and there's a few of the playlists here that we have. So let's get in as far as um, Cosmos goes. We, I will be with, anyway, I'll tell more about that later. Let's go ahead. Let's get with your questions. Okay, Andrea, you were asking us, can we tell about purpose? That's all, actually, that is one of the most central questions that EA focuses on. And it has a lot to do about consciousness. But these are just ways to understand how to reach or what might at that moment. It's, for instance, if you want to learn to swim, you first need to get familiar with the water and learn how to breathe so that you can float. You know, you don't just throw them in and, and have them start swimming necessarily. Unless they're a baby. But the other thing is I want to bring up just about reincarnation is that it's not the same as the Indian philosophy. It's just, in a sense, it's, well, we know that all these ideas are ancient, but it's almost like a pagan, a, 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 a ever-living spirit that somehow this body chose in this incarnation, this thumbprint to work on for whatever intents that it has and to going forward. I hope that's not too abstract. Um, maybe. I mean, I look at reincarnation in a way that's much more in alignment with a Hindu perspective, personally. So I think that there's... And a maybe I don't understand, because that people could come back as an animal or whatever. But the point is, I didn't want to just put this like two eggs, in, I mean, apples and oranges. But I think that what our question, and I deviated, but the question really is what... Andrea, why don't you repeat about soul? What's your question? So we can get started on the what right does, does evolutionary speak to life purpose? Absolutely. That's a huge... Yeah, I mean, that to me is what I'm... There's sort of two layers. And and again, I'm not specifically trained in EA. I've cherry-picked it and have my own... So I guess I can speak more to sort of how I work rather than strictly EA because I haven't studied extensively well, let me... anybody... But let me let me just say my okay. piece. So I look at the nodal pieces, soul growth and soul purpose. What's the big intention of this lifetime? What's the big, so in terms of purpose, right? There's I sort of see it as two layers that the midheaven being what you're contributing to the planet. How are you interacting with the world? Why? What are you here to add? With, with this lifetime, which is separate sometimes, depending on where things fall, from soul growth and the intention of this lifetime for you as a spiritual being. So I, they're not always the same. It, it, it can vary chart to chart as to how they're not usually in conflict, but how exactly lined up that is. Sometimes there's, it's variations of theme um, in terms of for that individual. So that's more of how I, I see that. But definitely the North Node being like the purpose of this lifetime for the soul, which may be different than the purpose of what you're, how you're contributing. Thank you, Laura. And I apologize. I, I was thinking since you were deflecting from the purpose here of talking. So I thought, well, then I'll bring in. But I will add that there's one of the, pin, okay, there's polarity. And it is this whole axis. It's not trying to emphasize that if we have the 12 signs, that any one of them 
is has more strength. In other words, if you have Pisces, it's Virgo. It's the strengths and the balances of how one might like Pisces may not want to interfere because of the greater powers. Whereas Virgo says, hey, you have to fix things. Things need to be repaired. But it's that blending of it to know how to do it or or any of them. Like right now we're in the relationship, Aries and Libra. And it also, which is all about relationships, self and other. And how do you balance those and, and make it strong on both? Meaning if we say the North Node right now is in Aries, how do we use our leadership of being, you could say leadership because it's our autonomy our identity, and of course it is in relationship to other people, to be effective. And Pluto also uses a polarity point, which, and I like perhaps, Laura, Laura, um, don't stick totally to one thing, but I use this as a toolbox. But for me, it is a little bit like navigating the seas to remember that to remind myself that these are useful as I look at the whole chart. So okay. you're looking at the polarity point of, of Pluto, to be clear. So like the, if Pluto's dealing with where you're at, soul work-wise, part of the purpose, looking to that. So I have Pluto Libra, looking to early Aries as part of the purpose. That helps with my purpose. It's not the purpose. It's what helps me get there. Is often yeah the strengths of it yeah the strengths of it it's one factor an important factor okay well in in uh, I think it's really important to lay out uh, you know teleology theory and what it looks at because life purpose is literally a huge part of it in ensoulment when he talks about the seed of the person planting it's it's life through the visions of the parents and they talk a lot about visions and visions that a plant gets or a person gets as it, as it's growing um, <clears throat> they say that our visions that we get through dreams and, you know, all these things show us what our plant is growing into. So if you, um, I know there's a spiritual teacher on the call right now, and I know that in his vision of himself, when he was young, he saw himself as a spiritual teacher. According to teleology theory, that is how you know what your purpose is because you get it in visions. Um, You know, for years, for 10 years, I would always ask God, I would say, what am I here to do? What am I here to do? And I kept saying, you're here to be an ast- you know, a huge astrologer in the world. And I'm like, but astrology is against God and all these things. And like, I kept seeing the same vision. It went on for 10 straight years. And what teleology would say is that vision was me showing me what my path is, why I incarnated. So according to teleology, we all have a, a purpose. Now, um, the it, there's four causes which you had brought up in your slides, um, Sue, and so I want to address those. These are This is Aristotelian theory. This comes from Aristotle. So, you know, astrology, according to teleology, is Aristotelian and Platonic. It, it comes from the larger philosophies of life. So in Aristotle's theory, there were four causes on any growing creature. One is material cause. So that means that the material that a thing is made of affects how it grows. So a human is made of flesh, so that affects how it grows. A plant is made of plant flesh, so that affects how it grows. A table is made of wood, so it affects how it moves and grows. There's formal cause, which is the form or arrangement or shape of appearance of a thing shows how it grows and how it moves. So, you know, a table's in a certain shape. It has a flat top, so we put things Mm. on it. That's part of its form, and how it grows depends on this form it has. 
a human, you know, astrology looks at physiognomy, how we look according to our chart. chart. So if we're kind of a round-bodied person, we're very watery, for example, that shows how we grow and what we're here for. Um, if we're a very airy, lanky person, that shows our form and shape and appearance, and it has something to do with what we're here for. Um, there's also efficient cause, which is things that interact with something and make it grow. So they would say a table, the efficient cause is a carpenter. A carpenter is making, you know, wielding, wielding the wood into a table. And that's part of what it makes it grow into what it is, is the carpenter. Um, you know, we might say that the demiurge, the crafter of the mortal world, is one of our carpenters. There's some godlike force, you know, making us into who we are. Or, you know, it could be a, a, a parent is to a child is an efficient cause. So a parent telling a kid, you can do this, you can't do this, you can do this. That help, That changes how the kid is growing. Okay. And then there's the final cause. And this is the astrology. And this is the really what we're studying is final cause, which is the a thing grows depending on the the what it was made to do why it incarnated what it's here for so if someone gets a vision that they're supposed to be a spiritual teacher in this lifetime that's very important that it's it's final cause like your reason you incarnated is to be a spiritual teacher so when this transit hits when jupiter hits your sun it's time for you to grow yourself more into a spiritual teacher because that's what your final cause is. If you're here to be a grocery store clerk and every time you get a vision of what should I be doing next, you see I should work at the grocery store, then you should make your Jupiter transit help you go get a job at the grocery store. You know, so mm -hmm. it, it, it's very important. Four causes. Okay. I, let's see how to say this. Um, okay. I think where I immediately go to is the fourth reason. Because I understand there's external causes and then there's internal. I mean, it's this dialogue of internal and external. The point is, is that we have free will. And I think that where evolutionary looks upon is to not everybody. We, I believe in dreams. I mean. Laura teaches dreams, you know, we're right there. I mean, whether it's the, um, the dream temples, you know, in, in Greece and, and all of this. But not everybody knows what direction. And personally, I am thinking that our purpose is, is evolving so much. For me, there's a spiritual need for every single person to connect to. We're so divided by, by the experience of embodying how to work with our the spiritual context that we're part of. It's just inherent in us. It's for, for me. It's not that being a clerk has any negativity, but perhaps there's more. I mean, maybe that's very useful to get a functioning job while they're needing, and it, and it serves because they can go home and forget their work, and and there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe there's more. And maybe it's giving them a systematic, their sole purpose to that whole experience. But I think with evolutionary astrology, it, it, it really focuses on the spiritual need of a person that they're willing to accept, that they're yearning to go for. And it's the same with the transits. That transit is like leading them, as you say, and it, it 
Um, remember, well, remember, we're supposed to take one transit at a time. You let the transit approach, you get a new heartfelt longing. So maybe you're working as a grocery store clerk. Then you have another transit and it creates a new heartfelt longing. We're supposed to dream about that heartfelt longing and reach and grasp and grow. You know, so it, it doesn't mean that you have one, you know, your cause may right. be, your final cause may be a million things. You're a grocery store clerk who also is on the board of the NCGR and you also are, you know, a mother and you also are all these things. In fact, we have 10 planets in the chart that are growing different tendrils of our being. I mean, so I think we grow on one transit at a time and by doing that we grow into our final cause mm -hmm. i have a thought but go ahead laura if you no, no, go oh, okay what i will say is is that no argument with that however in my mind and heart and soul i see this as a collective larger uh purpose that that uh, for instance Bringing, let's say they have south node cancer and north node capricorn capricorn thank you cancer. very much yeah yeah so in other words that maybe their their processing is is very personal and it's very nurturing for their immediate tribe and their their emotions and their their story that they're making all the things that we think of with cancer but yet they're required to somehow throughout their lifetime try to become where the processing ends. You know, like my teacher, Maurice Fernandez, was saying, I'm sorry, you've been in the womb four months, but it's time to be born. You know, it was, it was a tongue-in-cheek. I hope he takes this wonderfully in, in the humorous sense that it was. In other words, Saturn says, time's up, and we know that. Saturn is boundaries. It's the time. And... And the moon is all its phases, it's one development to the next, it's processing. But it's this integration of, 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 of finding how to use this in our life that works. And Pluto would be, perhaps if it's in Libra, through our relationships about self and others, just and being empowered and not empowered, because we Pluto, as we know, uh, is all about the power, but it's we exchange our resources to merge with this other one. It's different than Libra that just says, hey, we're, you're balancing what I need complemented. We're like unified in some kind of sacred merging business or marriage or whatever it is going forward. And then maybe we've expanded that. That's not working anymore. So it's a whole, um, but I, I, yeah. I, okay. I, I go back to what James Hillman. He did the soul's code, which has its arguments too, because I was just, he does say the diamond in a sense. I think that um, there's many different ways of looking from the ancients that say, Hey, we have this acorn, this seed that we're meant to be. And, as long as we can realize it can change and evolve into what really. Well, astrology assumes that we change one transit at a time. It's a development theory. It's we, okay. but it, it says that we develop one transit at a time. Um, there's a question from the audience saying, what if you can't see your purpose or hear it? Well, according to this theory, you have to ask okay. your highest self. And there's a daimon, which is basically a spirit guide. We have a higher spirit talking down to us. So a lot of people get messages from their daimon in different ways. Um, some people just, <clears throat> if you ask your highest self, what is my purpose right now? 
um, on this transit, right? We don't say like the final cause isn't like you have one thing, you're a static thing. Um, you're an evolving thing. But if you say, what is my purpose right now this year? You might get a nudge in a dream. You might go to your journal and start writing and get a nudge there. You might um, hear a message. You might get just have a knowing, like, I know I'm supposed to teach a class this year. I just know it. Like, so each of us gets communication from our highest self in different ways, depending on how our chart is built. Another part of um, teleology theory is that each of us have a machine built by our, our chart. And so each machine functions differently according to what its final cause is. Like if you're supposed to be a spiritual teacher, you might feel auras everywhere. Well, that's part of your machine and how it's built. So you, if you're supposed to be a grocery store clerk, you might be really tough and resilient to people's energy and not even feel energy because you, you're supposed to sit there in the, you know. So we each have a different machine and sensory apparatus. They would call it the aesthetarion, which is the place where your aesthetic senses live. Um, so we each have a different machine and but mm -hmm. also we each get visions differently according to what we're supposed to grow into absolutely and that is perhaps just speaking on a unilateral platform because as i had said earlier and as the question indicated not everybody just perceives how to listen to their signs that are coming up whether it's through dreams or other people and yet we're opening up to that, as I had indicated too. what with Saturn and Pisces and all these air and mutable, you know, we're dissolving all the time what we had conditioned to be. It's not that we don't need boundaries, but yet maybe they were too rigid and didn't, they need to open up into a larger spectrum as a circle touching more points. And that's where perhaps there's many toolboxes. And I think looking at it from either approach, but realizing that they're somewhat related because with, I think they're pointing towards a similar direction, but maybe what responds to us is a language that, that is familiar to one or the other, if I'm making sense here. Because sure, different charts will resonate with different uh, philosophies, just like some people resonate with Hellenistic astrology, some people mm -hmm. don't. Um, I just think teleology is nice for the Hellenistic astrologer because a lot of the Hellenistic astrology I've heard being taught, now I've read the books in Greek myself, okay? Very few people can say that. There is a philosophical underpinning to these Greek texts and it is teleology. There is something as profound as evolutionary in these Greek texts, it's teleology. So I just encourage those people who resonate with Hellenistic to look up teleology, to try to find their spiritual development theory in teleology, just like the modern astrologer finds it in evolutionary. That's all. That sounds good. And I think too, along with it is, I go back to shadow and light because there has been some and it could be the interpretation of saying that there's cause and effect. And that's somewhat with going back to Aristotle, you know, how he was strong with that rather than like Socrates that perhaps said, well, there's this ideal of a circle. And do we see it because we see the moon and therefore we know there's a circle or do we know there's a circle that's in perfection and therefore we see it in the moon? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, where does the chicken and the egg begin? But you go to Aristotle and of course, you know, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. Wonderful, wonderful minds. Oh, oh my goodness, we can't be ended. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Andrea, I think we will embrace. We'll do and both. 
I'm so grateful. And I, my hat's off reading Greek. It's like, oh, I love that. Get to. Well, so, thank you so much for this. Thank you. I hope yeah. it's a beginning. And Laura, thank you for returning from your questions. Otherwise, and people, thank you very much. And keep thinking because we need to bridge our unity just like Aquarius. We each individually matter in this teamwork of life. So imperiled. I'm getting goosebumps. Okay, perhaps again. Thank you for joining an insightful conversation on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests awaken consciousness by connecting soul growth patterns with astrology's energetic cycles. Be sure to tune in next Sunday, 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.